A to Z Sports. I am Zach Bingham. He is Sam Phelan. This is A to Z Sports. We got to thank our title sponsor, BetMGM. They're the king of the sports book. Download the app today and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users using the promo code ATOZ Sports. And also, you got we got to thank our presenting sponsors, including Hughes and Coleman, your injury lawyer, the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans, Bone and Joint Institute right there in Franklin, and satellite locations throughout Middle Tennessee. Don't fumble on your recovery. Go to the Bone and Joint Institute. Also, Farm Bureau Health Plans, fbhp.com slash A to Z. Start your health plan today. I did at the beginning of this year. Now it's your turn. And Wilson County Hyundai. Go to wilsoncountyhyundai.com. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, you can trade in your used vehicle. That is Wilson County Hyundai. All right, Sam. I got my jazz hands from the magic bucket rocking and rolling right here. Let's talk about the culture of the Titans. And, you know, I think it starts, and obviously it starts with Mike Vrabel, but you being in or around the team this year, uh, as an A to Z sports Titan reporter, this is your first year doing that. What have you seen from the coaching staff, from the players, from just the vibe in training camp and then now we're, we're seeing it play out on the field on Sundays. Yeah, I think the biggest thing when you talk about the Titans culture, uh, I notice, I would say, an overwhelming confidence in the building among the players, among the coaches of exactly what everybody has been saying of, eh, we'll figure it out, right? The, there is an overwhelming confidence of this will prevail when uh, – it all comes down to the wire when, when it's all said and done, uh, the players, the, the coaches, they believe that their preparation, that their culture, that their energy uh, will find a way to win games. Uh, and you have seen that on display so far to start this year. We talked about the 0-2 start. We talked about as ugly as the team has looked at times, the amount of holes that they've had on both sides of the football when looking at their roster. And yet over the last three weeks, they have overcome injuries, overcome poor play, overcome ugly, ugly football at times and found a way to win three games in a row and get themselves back into first place. And I do think it is that reassurance and that reaffirmation of those, those foundations of the culture of, Hey, Titans football is tough. And Titans football is going to make the big play when it matters. And Titans football is going to find a way to win. So despite all of the negative uh, comments about them, the negative energy towards them, the negative coverage in national media at a lot of times, I get the sense every day in the building that each guy in that, in, in that locker room believes that they're going to wind up as at the top of the AFC South and they're going to wind up contending for a Super Bowl regardless of what the roster or what everybody else might be saying about them. Well, and the fact of the matter is, is that under Mike Vrabel, they've been very, very good at making the playoffs. It was just one year when Mariota was on the sidelines and in a ball cap on Sunday night football, and it was one win to get in. Now they've added a playoff team. They've added a game and the Titans are still making the playoffs. And right now, as it sits on October 14th, the season's still you know, far from over, but they're in first place of the AFC South, the division that they've won the last two years. You know, this culture has definitely won them football games. I think there's 
There's no denying that. And then Bizarro PK comes in and says more like injury culture. Well, he's not wrong in the last couple of years. You know, injuries occur all across the league. Now, obviously, when they happen to your team, they're much different. But they happen to the Buccaneers. They happen to the Rams in the Super Bowl. They happen to the Bengals last year, even with their run. Uh, and then you had the outlier of COVID, too, the last couple of years, right? Where, you know, the NFL was going back and forth because they didn't know what the hell they wanted to do in the protection of, you know, what they thought society versus what was the reality and what we know now. And so you had guys sitting out games there and you had to strategically maneuver this roster. But here's one thing that I will say, and this kind of precedes your covering the team, Sam. The culture, and this is how I see the Titans culture. Like you could say injury culture, you could say no fun culture. But like I, I covered this football team when they were the worst in the league. You know, and essentially into back-to-back years, you know, they Mariota went number two overall. Jameis Winston went one, and that was a tie for the worst team in the league. That was a coin flip, essentially, or it went to tie break. But of why, you know, the, the Titans didn't pick one. But they were disastrous in the early 2010s. It was 2013, 2014, right around there. They were really, really bad. And their culture was because their ownership was in a state of disarray. You know, Bud Adams, the history of this franchise, and a lot of this chat understands this and knows it, the history of this franchise, you know, Bud Adams was the face of this franchise for a very, very long time, and they had the lights of you know, Earl Campbell, Warren Moon, Steve McNair, Eddie George, and then you had you know, the, the Chris Johnsons of the world, the Vince Youngs of the world, the Marcus Mariotas of the world, and now – that culture changed once Amy Adams Strunk came in and reorganized the culture. It wasn't Tommy Smith who was waddling around the facility for some time and this team was really, really bad and they didn't have a leader. Amy Adams Strunk hired her leader in John Robinson who hired his leader in Mike Vrabel. And since then, this is how I would describe the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans are a very stable franchise. Now, stability does not always win you Super Bowls, but stability keeps you in the mix year after year. And the Titans have been in the mix, and I think that is one of the main reasons why the last three games, Sam, they should not have won those games. I will, like, you know... Maybe the Raiders, they should have because of the Raiders' miscues towards the end. They built the lead. But the Commanders, the Commanders, you you know, any other good team makes that play on the goal line and destroys that opportunity to steal that win with David Long Jr.'s interception. But I do think, and, and I want to ask you, do you think that the culture have, has won the last three games to get them to three and two and atop the AFC South? Yeah, yeah, absolutely I do. I think they do as well. I mean, the Titans are injured. Uh, They are less talented than a lot of the other teams that you see at the top of their divisions, but they have this mentality of, I mean, it's that next man up mentality. It's the find a way mentality, the victory mentality. And so far, Mike Vrabel has done an excellent, excellent job ever since he got here of just getting the most out of his talent. And it, it really has been impressive to me how they've found playmakers 
to make plays to win them games in some of the more unlikely areas where they won a game the week prior because of Dylan Cole dropping back into pass coverage uh, and making a play on the football after they didn't give Dylan Cole reps at middle linebacker for or inside linebacker for the entire training camp. Basically, he wasn't a part of that plan and injury necessitated him to be part of that plan. Uh, and there's really no question to me. This is not a a the most talented football team in the AFC. They're not a football team that should make the playoffs based off talent alone. But their coaching and their culture has carried them into getting buy-in from everybody on the roster and buy-in from everybody on the practice squad and preparation that allows them to be successful in the games. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, so that's kind of where the question lies today, Zach, because there was a lot of conversation about, hey, this is an ugly streak, but it's a streak in the locker room after the Titans defeated the Commanders. And Titans All-Pro Safety Kevin Byard had some interesting comments about the culture. So we are going to ask the question, and we'll show you the video in a minute before we ask the question. But we are going to ask the question, what is more important to NFL success, talent, or culture? But first, let's show you what Kevin Byard had to say after the Titans' big win about the Titans' culture. I mean, you know, I think back to that Buffalo game where we got blown out and kind of embarrassed on national TV. And I'm um, not saying you guys looking like that, but a lot of people kind of counted us out saying that, you know, what's going on with the Titans, boom, boom, boom. And I spoke to you guys in the locker room and I said, man, you know, our culture is based upon what happens when adversity hit. We hit adversity, obviously, earlier going on too. But three straight wins, man, regardless of how they come, uh, it's always great to win this league because it's going to be hard. You know, it's, we're always going to be in dogfights, one possession games. So proud of our defense. Big money, David Long, making plays. But like you said, man, there's obviously some things we got to correct. But at the end of the day, man, winning this league is very hard. So, and one thing that I'm super proud about this group is that we have no quit. You know, guys are going to fight to the end. And that's something that we can always build upon, obviously, with other things we got to correct. So there you have it. So uh, before we get into the question, Zach, uh, give you a minute to process that video. You got a word from a sponsor? Yeah, that's the Bone and Joint Institute right here uh, on A to Z Sports. Don't fumble in your recovery. Use the Bone and Joint Institute right here in Middle Tennessee. They've got their main state-of-the-art facility in Franklin, Tennessee. And then the best part is they've got satellite locations across the mid-state. That's the Bone and Joint Institute. They do so many great things across uh, this the, the Middle Tennessee region, and they do great things with A to Z Sports, including Doc Talks. They are professionals. They can help you in your time of need with your injury. That's the Bone and Joint Institute. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sports books. And if you place a bet using the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app, you can get a risk free bet up to $1,000. Uh, on pro football. So with this next week of pro football coming up, it's a big Sunday, big weekend again. Get involved. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports on the King of Sportsbooks BetMGM for a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Zach, culture, talent, two very different things that can both contribute to being a winner in the NFL. You hear the comments from Kevin Byard. Uh, we can play it again here momentarily, but what is your thought on this deal? Well, let's or separate, do- let's separate them real quick, Sam, because that's the difference of what Kevin Byard was saying is not what we're asking. Kevin Byard is talking about the Titans. 
we are going to ask about the NFL. For the Titans, their culture wins football games. And I think this is kind of the unique part about what the Titans do. They are a running football team that plays good defense that will grind you out and keep games close. If you keep games close, the probability of you winning, I think, is higher than if you're trying to go into a track meet with the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers at times. The real or the Philadelphia Eagles for this year, it, that so I, I think for the for the Titans this culture has worked. Now here's what I think the problem is: I think this culture has a ceiling. I and the ceiling is, I think a lot of teams get to a point where they construct their roster, they build their culture, they have their head coach, they have their players, and then they go out and they win but they don't win enough. That's their ceiling. And the Titans, unfortunately, in my opinion, they have a ceiling. Now, listen to what Kevin Byard says, and then we'll react to it. But Kevin Byard is talking about how this is literally immediately after David Long Jr. has just salvaged their their botch job in the fourth quarter of scoring zero points, letting Carson Wentz and some interference calls Flow, uh, get flow the the commanders all the way down the field to the goal line, and then all of a sudden they're in a. I mean, they got their heel. They're on their heels. They've got to make a stop. David Long Jr. picks off a pass and wins them the football game. This was Byard's, and this is good because this is his like true organic reaction on why they won the game. You know, I think back to that Buffalo game where we got blown out and kind of embarrassed on national TV. And I'm um, not saying you guys nothing like that, but a lot of people kind of counted us out saying that, you know, what's going on with the Titans, boom, boom, boom. And I spoke to you guys in the locker room and I said, man, you know, our culture is based upon what happens when adversity hit. We hit adversity, obviously, earlier going on too. But three straight wins, man, regardless of how they come, uh, it's always great to win this league because it's going to be hard. You know, it's, we're always going to be in dog fights, one possession games. So proud of our defense. Big money, David Long, making plays. But like you said, man, there's obviously some things we got to correct. But at the end of the day, man, winning this league is very hard. So, and one thing that I'm super proud about this group is that we have no quit. You know, guys are going to fight to the end, and that's something that we can always build upon, obviously, with other things we got to correct. So, Sam, when you listen to that, I heard Mike Vrabel's voice. Oh, yeah. I literally <laughs> think that what – if you wrote that on a script and then you heard Mike Vrabel's post-game speech after that, I think he hits all of those points that – that Kevin Byer just said. They counted us out in Buffalo. We're a gritty team. It's about our culture. When adversity hits, we get better. It's hard to win in this league. Like, all of those things, I just think are verbatim of what Mike Vrabel says. Yeah, no, I mean, and and that's kind of been the theme of the year, right? Basically, every every message coming out of the locker room from the Titans players is a is a Mike Vrabel philosophy. It's a Mike Vrabel message that he kind of makes sure gets home to everybody there. And then that's what kind of leaks out to the media. That's what he emphasizes is we are going to find a way. And when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And he thinks that they are a tough bunch. So we're looking at the overall NFL. Zach, you clarified that. This is not the Titan specific where it's talent or culture. This is NFL success. What is more important talent 
or culture. Let's go ahead and look at the chat here. Steven is on culture. Synergy in the, is the collective sum uh, is greater than its parts. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Tighten Up says talent. Matthew says talent. Darren says talent. Jonathan is culture. Sean is culture. Um, let's see. Andre says plenty of teams have lots of talent and don't do anything. Culture. Billy says culture. Jarrett says culture. Um, uh, wow. John says culture. A lot of long answers today. Orlando says culture. Uh, Eric says talent comes and goes. Culture is what will get you over the finish line year in and year out. Noah says culture over talent. George says culture. Jags pay for talent every year and rarely have a winning record. Caleb says talent. Culture fades fast if you start losing talent over culture. It's a good point by Caleb there. Uh, Grim Jim says Titans win games, but not championships. So uh, some people on both sides of the aisle here, Zach, I throw it to you. What is more important? Is it talent or is it culture in an NFL locker room? Look at sports as a whole, not just the NFL. We'll talk about the NFL here in a second. The NBA is run on talent, right? I, yeah. The NHL is run on talent. You, Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, all those guys, Nathan McKinnon, they get and they win Stanley Cups because they are talented. Major League Baseball is the same way. I The NFL, I go look at the history, and Grim Jim just said my answer. It is talent because culture can get you to a level, but the Titans have a ceiling because they don't have the talent. They don't. Look at the Super Bowl champions. Now, not saying that it cannot be done based on culture. I think an example, a great example example of culture maybe over talent the philadelphia eagles beating the new england patriots a handful of years ago with nick Foles. that was doug peterson's culture to get that team and carson Wentz was actually a quarterback for the majority of the year before he tore his acl in los angeles and then culture took over that got them over the hump but overall it is a talent league matthew stafford because he is more talented than jared goff wins them a super bowl Patrick Mahomes wins a Super Bowl because of talent. Tom Brady, that's that's the best example. The, the year the Bucs won the Super Bowl, that's all talent, baby. You know, the year before, that was Jameis Winston throwing 30 for 30. 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. Bad talent, missed the playoffs. I watched every single pick he threw, including the last one against the Atlanta Falcons in the season finale. So if, if you look at what wins championships – it is talent. And I do believe, and this is what I will I will kind of double down on, Kevin Byard is not wrong. Winning against the Commanders in week five in a gutty, you know, grit-filled game, yeah, that culture can come to fruition. But where was the culture when they were playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs last year, Sam? Where was it? Because all I saw was their quarterback throw not one, not two, but three interceptions, and that last one to lose the game, they didn't have the talent. Wasn't talent enough. You know who was talented enough? Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick from a few years ago, to lead his team to a Super Bowl appearance, and then better talent beat Joe Burrow's talent. The Titans don't have either of those talents. Their biggest talent is Derrick Henry, 
And Derrick Henry is not on the field for a lot of third downs. That's their problem. And that's what I will be shouting from the rooftops until that changes. I like the culture, but until the, the Titans will win a Super Bowl if they change their talent. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. There's a lot, a lot to go off. Cause I disagree with you. I do. I do. I, I believe very firmly in culture and I've got a couple different points that I want to make to get there. Number one, I cannot compare the NFL to the NBA or the NHL. The NFL and probably Major League Baseball are way more team-oriented sports where individual accomplishments don't mean nearly as much, uh, and, and you have to rely on, on your teammates. It is the same reason if you look at Major League Baseball and you have Shohei Otani, the best player in the world, and Mike Trout, the second best player on the world, playing on the same team, and they can't even go 500 every year because baseball is team. Football is more like baseball. One good player, two good players doesn't mean anything if your roster's not deep and you don't have a winning culture and team history would suggest that. The Raiders have more talent than anybody else maybe in the league this year, at least on the offensive side of the ball with the amount of weapons that they have. And Derek Carr is a very talented quarterback. They've invested. The Colts invested in a lot of talent. The Chargers, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Falcons, year after year, we see, oh, well, they have all these first-round picks on offense. They go and get the talent, but there's no consistency. There's no buy-in. There's no culture. There's no established winning chemistry in the building to pull these teams together. And when you look at the teams that are doing it, when you look at the teams that do win Super Bowls, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens. These are teams that are there year after year after year. And why? All four of those teams have had a head coach there for over a decade. All four of those teams have had a head coach establish a winning culture before the talent arrived or as the talent arrived. Patrick Mahomes walked into Kansas City when Kansas City was the number one seed in the AFC with Alex Smith. He walked into a scenario that had a winning culture, locker room buy-in. Then they added the talented guy. Did the, that's, you're that, proving but, the point, though. That's you the, just no, proved the point. Well, that's they, the perfect The, the culture got taking. them Alex Smith. But they couldn't get it done with, they were, with Alex they Smith. They were the one seed with Alex Smith. They Alex Smith would have won a Super Bowl and if they, he didn't hurt his leg. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I mean, Colin Kaepernick played in a Super that, Bowl for the that's Niners. Incorrect. He, that is incorrect. Alex, Alex Smith, Smith would not have won a Super Bowl. A good winning quarterback a they, times. They would not have won a Super Bowl. You, so, but you're, yeah, you're saying, you're look, I think we they need both. But the point that I'm making is you can build a good culture like the Titans have. But the Titans will not win a Super Bowl until they go find the talent. It's the same thing of what the again the Bucks and the Chiefs are great examples. They Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. He had such a bad culture they they pushed his ass out, right? And he won a Super Bowl, but he won a Super Bowl with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, those type of players because of the talent. And Dominican Sue. I mean, the list goes on. The talent. Wins you Super Bowls. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. What year was that? It doesn't matter. It's No, no, it does. Look, look, the era of football has changed. I'm asking, Sam, what year did Trent Dilfer win 2001. How old were you then? One. I I was a young lad myself, right? So you can look back. Trent Dilfer 
coaches at Lipscomb Academy. He's not even close to the league. But Trent Dilfer is knowledgeable, but that was such a long time ago. You cannot give that an example in 2022. The iPhone, what iPhone was even there? I didn't think there was an iPhone. I don't know if there was an iPhone. So Uh, you can't reference something that if there was not an iPhone to Trent Dilfer. Well, okay. Brad Johnson. Oh, yeah, that was 2002. So like there was still wasn't an iPhone. How about this? Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That was the I, yeah. That's one. Look, well, you're arguing, you're arguing the same thing as you're arguing the exception to the rule as well with with Patrick Mahomes and and taking a very good team to the Super Bowl. There, the Rams couldn't both, win a Super both, Bowl. Both both is obviously the answer. But Zach, when I look at success in the NFL and I define success, it's sustained success. It's not one Super Bowl. It's not a couple years. I saw somebody bring up Mac Jones and the Patriots. Mac Jones and the Patriots made the playoffs last year, and they're not bad again this year with Bailey Zappi, and that has to do with coaching and culture. So I I reject that. But the Patriots are going to get bumped in the first round if they make the playoffs. Guarantee it. I'll bet you you $1,000, right? If they make the playoffs because they don't have the talent – my, they cannot survive in the tournament. Zach, here's my point. You are arguing for talent by pointing to teams that have culture. And when I look at teams that have talent and have no culture, they don't work. And teams that don't have talent but do have culture still find a way to sustain success in these organizations. Because you can point to the Chiefs all you want and say Patrick Mahomes. You can point to all these teams and say, well, look at all the talent they have. But – those are Matt Stafford walked into a winning culture in LA. Patrick Mahomes walked into a winning culture in Kansas City. And yes, an elite quarterback takes you to the next level of Super Bowl caliber and Super Bowl winners and multiple championships. But the Raiders, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Dolphins, the Falcons, so many teams throughout the year say, well, what if we just go get all these weapons? Surely that'll work. And it doesn't because unless you have a culture and a coach and buy buy in from everybody on the active roster, football is not it's greater than its parts. The sum is greater than its parts, as Steven said at the start. So you can point to these teams that have both all you want. The rules of the NFL tell me that to win consistently and have consistent, sustainable success, it starts with the culture. And if you can go and get high-end talent to match with that, that's when you have something really, really special. But to be successful and regularly successful, I also think there's a point to make. In order to get that talent, you have to create a culture. You have to be an attractive destination for other people, right? Like as soon as you have a great head coach, as soon as you have a great uh, buy-in and everybody respects you as a winner, that's when people start saying, okay, I'll go over there and, and it all starts with your culture. I think it starts with your culture. It ends with your talent. And that's what we're talking about, though. Because the definition, like the Titans are a successful franchise, correct? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but they're not anywhere close if you polled America to say, are the Titans a successful franchise? The reason why is because they don't have the, they have one Super Bowl appearance, which was a loss, and they haven't sniffed that. But what, once in an AFC championship game since then? Well, twice if you actually count, you know, 2003 and then a couple of years ago. So my point is a culture 
will get you so far. I agree. It starts with the culture. But the Titans are a great example. Sam, do you believe that the Titans have a good culture? Yeah, absolutely. Do they have the talent to win a Super Bowl? This with if they're healthy this year, I do think they do. I on I I, I have that's a, a very I have surpri- a very that's a surprising opinion. answer. Like I, that's your answer. That's no, that's answer. fair. I just I look at I mean I look at teams that have done it in recent years, and right now it's concerning. But the 49ers almost won a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo because they had a good defense, they could run the football, and they had good play calling. Well, right? And, they and also they also on offense. It, they had Brandy Ayuk. They also had Debo Samuel, who's one of the top players in this league. Oh yeah, and they had a top five tight end named George Kittle. The Titans don't have that. The Titans have a Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. Yeah, they've got a stud running back, and then there's a massive drop off. Right. So my point, and this is kind of where I'm going, is in my opinion, you have your opinion, and that's that's what this show is about. The Titans do not have the talent to win a Super Bowl. They don't. They don't have it. The last two years, Super Bowl champions, if you want to say the Rams and the Bucks, they showed that in this era of football, you can go purchase the talent. You, if you have a adequate culture, and the Bucks didn't even have a culture, honestly. They were culturing around with Dirk Cutter a few years before that, right? So they went and bought the talent. The talent will win you Super Bowls. And that, I think, ultimately, in today's football gets you over the hump i agree with you culture gets you to the hump but titans fans are frustrated just like colts fans are frustrated just like bills fans are frustrated is they can't get over the hump now the bills i think are in a unique situation because their talent is now starting to grow right they they've gone out and gotten von miller this year to maybe put him over the edge They've drafted well. You know, Micah Hyde is is unbelievable in the back end of their defense, and Josh Allen has improved. And then they've got a top five wide receiver in, uh, in Diggs. The Titans will not get over the hump until they improve their talent. So that is why my answer is talent. We talk about the Titans. I think they're a great example for this question. Yeah, I, well, I, I think it's different how you define success when we ask the question, what's key to NFL success? Super Bowls, you you for the most part, the rule would tell you you at least need a very high-end quarterback in order to uh, have success and win there. But I can even look back, Zach, at all of those Patriots teams that won championships, and I see Tom Brady uh, and some talented players here and there with a Rob Gronkowski but they've never had wide receivers. They've had some bad offensive lines. They've had some bad defenses in the past, though. But there, there is a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady sense, too. And I want to make this point that uh, Bobby and MB say, when referring to Tampa Bay, I think Tom Brady is that culture. Like, you, you sign Tom Brady, yeah, you get a talented quarterback. You also get Tom Brady as a leader for your culture. And when Tom Brady goes there, Everybody else starts to follow where other people want to go. Play I think there. that is fair. And, and I, I absolutely. So, agree so I think that. that the Bucks aren't necessarily a fair example of like, oh, well, look at all this talent because Tom Brady is a. But trans- why did he leave? He transcends New that because he why did he both. leave New England? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I'm not in the. I'm not in the building. I don't hear what's going on behind closed doors. No, 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 no. You know why he left New England? Well, he, 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 he looked to like his left. Joke? He looked to his right. 
and he was throwing to a bunch of jokers. They had no but no talent around him. So he went to Tampa because yeah, well, they that, had Mike Evans. They had talent Fournette, around him. They got had him Chris five Godwin, Super Bowls. and he brought Gronk. So the reason why he left is because they were talentless. That's and, and he still won five Super Bowls, huh? And, and he still won five. I mean, the greatest quarterback of all time got tired of trying. But what to does do that say about New England and Bill Belichick's? What does it say about New England and Bill Belichick's culture? If Tom said, "Well, there's no talent here," and yet he's got a handful of rings on his hand, because that that tells you all you need to know. Well, look, you have to have both to be successful. I don't think we're we're disagreeing on that term. Yeah. I just think that you have to have talent to get you to the pinnacle, and that. Whether we like it or not, that is the goal of every single team every single year. It is very hard to do. There's going to be 31 disappointed teams each and every year. We know that, right? Because they're going to fall short. But I do believe to get to that pinnacle, and history shows, you have to have the talent. The Titans, I mean, this is a good question. Are Titans fans okay with just making the playoffs and getting bounced every single year? I mean, are you okay with that? I mean, it, it, it's tough because it's like, well, if you say they're going to get bounced every year, everybody's going to tell you no. But I do think like I do think there is an overestimation um, in the NFL of how good you have to be to contend for a Super Bowl, because we've seen teams, the New York Giants being one who go nine and seven and go down and, and win a Super Bowl. Getting in each and every year sets yourself up for success. So if you're asking me like, are you okay with making the playoffs every year, but maybe not being the number one seed? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they were the number one seed. It well, didn't right, matter. last year. Right. I'm just saying it like you go into the year and you're like, okay, well, Kansas City is going to be awesome and they're a Super Bowl contender. If you could tell me the Titans go 11 and 6, 10 and 7 each and every year and make the playoffs, everybody should sign up for that. Right. And yeah, you I can't think they, assume because you can't assume results in the playoffs. It, football, it, any given Sunday. And it's one game, and it the format of it sets you up that if you're in the dance every year, the same way that you just said, uh, you know, being being in the dance every year gives you a better chance to win championships, straight up. So, so like I, I would take that sustained success and and trust that that would be fruitful on the back end when it turns to acquiring more talent and repeating that. And I would say that getting to the dance is valued except going to the dance every year and then being left, right? Left out. A lot better than picking second in the draft. Uh, yes, absolutely, right? You don't want to be the bottom teams like the Jags and the Lions, but it wears on fans. And I believe, because we talk to them every single day, we see them, the Titans fan base are at that precipice where this is the year, and this is, I truly believe this, I think this is the year, if they do the same thing that they've done the last two years, get to the playoffs and lose or don't have the success, they lost to the Ravens, they lost to the Bengals with a with a bye, right? Which is not going to happen again. The Titans are not going to get a bye again. If you, get, if you lose in the first round or the first game you play in this year's playoffs, they are going to have to change their talent. Their culture is good. Their talent is not great. And that's what they're trying to do. So then you have to go find new talent. That's drafting Malik Willis. It's figuring out Traylon Burks. It's trading for DJ Moore if 
you really want to find it and at least give Ryan Tannehill, if you believe in Ryan Tannehill, and this is what I think from John Robinson, if you believe in Ryan Tannehill, you should give him every ample opportunity to win a playoff game and make a Joe Burrow-type run or even a Titans-type run three years ago to an AFC championship game. If you don't make that move, the Titans will fall short once again, and Titans fans will be done with that. They will say, we need something else. We need a change. The Derrick Henry is unbelievable. He's a fan favorite. He's the face of the franchise. But this style with this talent doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, I, my my argument for you would just be like, the great thing is that you can switch your talent. And Ryan Tannehill is going to be gone. And and certain amount of these players are going to be gone and the great part is the Titans will still probably have success because Mike Vrabel and Mike Vrabel's culture isn't going anywhere. Uh, but we probably need to need to move on here because we've been going a little bit long-winded at the same. We got some other stuff to talk about too. You know, we got we got a couple things. Well, you talk about like the culture of, uh, of let's say you know the Titans. There is a culture in the NFL, and and this is I think an eye-opening thing uh, from the start, and it's starting to be impactful. Now it hasn't truly hurt or impacted the Titans as it has other teams, but we are going to get into the refs and I'm really curious to see what uh, our chat has to say about this. But first I do want to tell you guys about farm Bureau health plans, FBHP.com. The plan for you with, which includes health, dental and vision is farm Bureau health plans, 200 plus locations across the state of Tennessee. Visit FBHP.com slash A to Z. I switched my coverage at the beginning of this year. I'm super happy that I did. I get teledoc conferences when I'm sick for prescriptions to actually get on my phone and FaceTime with a real doctor to, to help me get better. My plan also includes a allowance for contacts. I've been wearing contacts since seventh grade. My dental, you got a free teeth cleanings. I gotta get these pearly whites cleaned up uh, here before you know the holiday season uh, right around the corner. That that is comp with my plan. Change your plan today by visiting fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sports books, is giving you a risk-free bet on pro football up to one thousand dollars with the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. So whatever game it is that you have your eye on this weekend that you want to tune into on NFL Sunday. Make sure that you place that wager on BetMGM and use that promo code ATOZ Sports. Your bet can be risk free. So there's no reason not to get involved with that type of offer. So, Sam, to wrap up the last conversation, I'm actually going to dish out the love of the show on this Friday. I, we haven't been on a show where I've dis dished out the love of the show. Love of the show is where a comment that I love so much, they get the singular love of the show. And today's love, I think, embodies what the Tennessee Titans have done through Mike Vrabel's tenure and what they're going to do in the future will be very telling. The love of the show goes to Jake Hughes. Jake states, the Titans built Rome three years ago. Since then, they've destroyed it. So Jake is absolutely right in this sense. They built with Ryan Tannehill by trading Marcus Mariota. They got Derrick Henry. They drafted A.J. Brown. They built a solid defense, right? 
And that was the, you know, Dory Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Logan Ryan with Kevin Byard. Uh, and, you know, they drafted Jeffrey Simmons. They had done some really good things. And in three years with this particular Roman Empire, it has, I think, gotten to a point where you need to take a step back and reconstruct. This will be the last year of the realization that this Rome is not the conquering Rome, that it, you're going to have to move forward with some other pieces. And injuries, unfortunately, I think are going to help move this along a lot quicker. Traylon Burks, as we talked about yesterday, we will truly not know who Traylon Burks is as an NFL wide receiver in December. I mean, December 1st, we still won't know. And the injuries to Harold Landry and Taylor Lewan even Zach Cunningham and some of the other injuries, the misses of Caleb Farley. I think that this will be a time next offseason where Jake will be correct. It's time to rebuild, destroy and rebuild. Uh, speaking of destroyed, quarterbacks aren't getting destroyed, but they're getting the flags. How big of a problem is this in your opinion in the NFL? roughing the passer and you can categorize it in any different way but how do you think this impacts the league it obviously has in two individual games with Tom Brady and Chris Jones against Derek Carr uh it didn't end up in a win for the Raiders but it was a, a huge call what's going on with this yeah, I mean, it, it is the biggest deal in the league right now, maybe from a just a competition and a rules standpoint. The NFL, I think it's bigger than roughing the passer too, Zach. The NFL has had some really tough uh, standards for penalties that I think are inconsistent rules in terms of, you know, a quarterback is sliding and they get, you know, hit as they're sliding. And is that a flag? Is it not a flag? And we, I mean, we just saw the whole pass interference kind of saga unfold over the last couple of years. And I think competition in the NFL is on the hot seat at this point, which is kind of a, a tough. What does that I, mean? Just, well, I, I think that there is a lot of competitive, the competitive juices of football of, I mean, I don't know if you saw the videos on Twitter of Tom Brady, when he's on the Patriots, he's running over to the right side and he gets hit by basically a semi truck just absolutely leveled head first. The guy left his feet. He pops right back up. It's no problem. He goes and gets back uh, in the huddle and ready to go. No flags, no nothing. And then to compare that to where the game is today. And look, I know obviously a lot of that is to try and make the game safer. And the Tua Tungavailoa situation from a few weeks ago was a, a scary situation that probably expedited this process. But I think a lot of fans and a lot of players are frustrated with letting defenders specifically play defense, like you, this is football at the end of the day, go let somebody make a hit. And right now the, the standard and the rules for roughing the passer are wildly inconsistent way too. Uh, it's not clear enough. And I think it's way too soft. Like the, these are not penalties. You should be able to hit a quarterback that is part of the game. Uh, and yeah, it, it is a concern because right now it's affecting games too. And I know like, the Raiders didn't win that game, but uh, the Bucks did. And the Bucks did large in part because of that call. And it took the game out of Atlanta's hands and really didn't give them a chance to win that game. So uh, I would, uh, 
yeah, it, it is a concern and you have to make sure that your standards and your rules aren't uh, changing and then impacting games. Yeah. And Michael Billing said, and I'm sure you watched it last night, uh, two glaring bad calls, but last night's Justin Fields was getting killed and no flags. You know, I, I think that goes to star treatment, right? Justin Fields is not a star in this league. Sorry, Bears fans. He's just not, right? Not yet. If he can be, and I think you play for the Chicago Bears, that's a you know illustrious franchise that is starving for a quarterback, right? Starving for that star. Here, I, I guess this is a culture thing. This is a societal culture thing. You talk about soft. I think society is soft. It is so soft. But, you know, I read something this morning where, you know, Gen Zers think that this is offensive when you text them, the thumbs up emoji, that it's passive aggressive and they don't, they don't want to be aggressive. You know, I, I, I'm tired of that. But here is one thing that, and I don't agree with society much at all because I think the way that I think. Tua changed this for everybody. Because football has to protect football. And, and I'm kind of surprised that I'm taking this stance. But football has to protect its youths. It has to protect the mother that is sitting in the living room watching Thursday Night Football against the Dolphins and the Bengals with their kids, their three little boys. Because daddy, papa daddy wants to sit in his chair and watch football. And she sees Tua, you know, going to. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, and so football has to protect football. Are the calls horrendous? Yes, they are. I'm not going to sit here and say that. But because Tua was such in the public eye on first the stumble against the Bills and then the locking up on Thursday night in prime time in front of millions and millions of fans. The NFL has always told us they are proactive. They do not just always sit back. Now the Ray Rice situation, they suspended him two games. They got a ton of heat. Then they were proactive and they essentially, they didn't let him back in the league. Right? So like they, they, change rules all the time it so they i will say the nfl is proactive they don't make all of the right decisions i don't want to sit here and, and you know praise the nfl roger goodell is not near perfect but i do think when it comes to safety keep your stars healthy and keep moms and dads at home not thinking that it is a completely an utter uh, utter dangerous sport to protect their children, you kind of have to because there's too many different options. You know, you can go up and play lacrosse. You can go up, play soccer. You can play baseball. You can play less contact sports, even though American football is the most popular sport in America. But football has to protect football. And I think I kind of agree with Michael. You're just going to have to sacrifice two glaring bad calls and there will be there will be a third, there will be a fourth, there will be a fifth, and you just pray that it doesn't happen to your favorite football team at its expense. 
but football has to protect football. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. No, I do think you have to make, you have to make steps in that direction. Uh, as much as I love the competitive nature of football and how things might have, you know, how things used to be. You know, you've also had people and football players say, "Well, I'm not letting my kids play football because of this reason, this reason, and this reason." And uh, so, in that sense, yeah, football does have to do it. And my biggest thing, Zach, is I just need consistency. Like those calls were really, really bad, and I'm I'm aware that those are the outliers. I just need consistency in the rules. And it's like you said, and like uh, other people mentioned, Justin Fields is getting creamed last night, knocked around and landed on and flung all over the place, and you've got no flags. And everybody just kind of chalks that up to, okay, well, Brady gets star treatment. I hate star treatment. Nobody should get star treatment. Yeah, uh, you have to. But you're calling Your stuff league is changing just, you don't games. Want, uh, and hey, if you're going Sam, to maintain competitive balance, like – Sam, we don't want to watch Commanders versus Bears anymore. And they have zero stars. I don't want to watch it. Nobody wants to watch it. So you have to protect your stars because you don't want you have Commanders to Bears. Everybody. You have to protect everybody. And, and no, I, it's, it's Jimmy Johnson's philosophy. You treat Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith differently than you treat the safety that you cut for being 15 minutes late to practice you yeah, just I mean, do it but that's life man you know, not with say not with rules like there is treatment from a coach to a player on how you you i you protect that, in the exactly. game it's a justification though but that is why people are upset is not because so this is getting called or this is getting called while some of that might be the case you need consistency in the rule book, you need everybody protected. If landing on a quarterback is pass interference, it better be called when it happens to Jacoby Brissett the same amount of times as when it happens to Tom Brady. Because in my eyes, it's an NFL quarterback. And if you're going to have integrity in your sport, integrity in your game, and maintain competitive balance, rules are rules. I agree with uh, I, I agree with Valentino. Rules are rules. Like define roughing the passer for me, and I have no problem with what you call. Well, don't my issue change. is that it's not defined and it's not consistent because one day throwing Tom Brady to the ground to the side is illegal, the next day lighting up Justin Fields and hitting him in the helmet after he slides after a play is fine. That's not okay to me. You have to establish a standard. Is there a difference between a running quarterback and a pocket quarterback in this discussion? No, in yeah, in like, ruling against said player, because then you go into the Cam Newton situation, right? Because he always used to complain that he didn't get the calls because he was a running quarterback. Justin Fields is a running quarterback. Tom Brady is not. Different set of superstars and stardom. But do you think that that goes into play? No, I I think the play matters, right? If Justin Fields is running as a runner. Obviously, the the standards, you can't get called for roughing the passer on form tackling a, a quarterback running with the ball like as a runner. That is, he becomes a runner at that point. But to to so, but if Tom Brady is running forward and slides and a guy comes in and hits him late, even if it's with the shoulder to shoulder, you can guarantee I can guarantee you flags are flying from every which direction because number 12 was running and he slid and we have to protect Tom. And, and same thing happens with Aaron Rodgers. Same thing happens with stars. I just want to see a consistent level 
between every NFL quarterback. And then you can say what you want. You can say, well, that's the rule. And I'm fine with that. My biggest issue recently has been that's not getting called for everybody. And with NFL penalties, that's the risk you run because it's not objective. It's a very subjective matter because it's in one man's hands to throw the flag. But I think teams and players are frustrated because if you can hit him like that, you shouldn't be able to hit me like that. So, so yeah, or if you can't hit him like that, you shouldn't be able to hit me like that. And that's not how it is right now, right? Tom, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and all these guys are getting special treatment. It shouldn't be that way. So do you flag want is more flag. calls like Brady in the Falcons or less? Well, no, I don't want those type of calls at all. But that's the rule. So you so hold those Tom on Brady, Justin hold Fields? Hold Tom Brady to the standard of the rest of the league or find a middle ground where it's defined. Well, so the two calls that we're talking about are Chris Jones, which was defined as right. throwing his weight and putting unwarranted weight on the quarterback. And Tom Brady's call was defined as slinging a quarterback unwarranted to the ground. So the, they are justifying it based on within the rules. You can agree or disagree, but do you want that to be continued to call be called on Justin Fields and the rest of the league? I don't, or is so, the rule the problem? Yeah, the, no, the rule is the problem. Okay, uh, but but there's a second problem of how you how you enforce the rules, right? Because you can, like, I'm not sure the rule is necessary. You can say, okay, well, landing on the quarterback, like, I don't think landing on the quarterback with unwarranted weight should be a flag. But I also don't think the one against Patrick Mahomes was unwarranted. It was just a nice form tackle by Chris Jones sacking or, uh, sa- or against Derek Carr, rather sacking Derek Carr. But like they're both are an issue. Like like the rule is a problem. You need a consistent, defined rule that is not too ticky tack. But then you also need to have some accountability and say you can't like create a ticky. It's like an NBA. I think uh, Sin City Titan makes a good point here. We all know what a shooting foul is. We all know that when you a guy goes up for a layup, if you smack his arm and there's a ton of contact, that is a foul. But how they define that contact changes whether it's LeBron James or, you know, Joe Schmo going up for the layup. And, and I think that's an issue because your rule can be as consistent as it is. The rules don't matter if you allow for a big variance between who the player is. The player does not matter to me. So overall, your solution is not call soft stuff on Tom Brady and Derek Carr and the star quarterbacks of the NFL. Hold them to the same standard Justin Fields has like a late hit on a quarterback. That's roughing the passer, hitting him in the like grabbing his face mask, knocking him down after the play. That's roughing the passer, hitting a dude when he goes out of bounds or leading with your head. That's roughing the passer. But you have to be able to tackle guys. That is the fundamental sport, like foundation of football as a sport is tackle the guy with the ball. And if you can't do that, like it's what's going to happen the next time that happens. And oh, well, you're trying not to rough the quarterback. Now you don't tackle the quarterback at all. And he escapes and makes a big play. Yeah, I also think that the impact of the actual penalty being 15 yards in a first down is Huge. also. Yeah, key, right. So it's it's the flag also, right? It's 15 yard. It's the max that you can have. Yeah. It's the max penalty. It's not five yards. It's not like a defensive holding five yards and a first down. Impactful, but it's not 15 yards. No, it, yeah. 
It's like a, so it's like maybe, a pass interference being a spot foul with how how. So here would be my solution, and they're not going to do this. So I want to disclose this because they already got rid of the face mask. Right? They used to say five. It's like roughing and and running into the kicker. There's a discrepancy of fifteen and five yards. They used to do that in face mask. You pull it and twist it. It's fifteen. You you grab it and then let go. It's five. I think that they need both their first downs, but. Brady and Chris Jones are five-yard penalties in first downs. Brady That's shouldn't I have think. been a penalty. Like I like, but that but you know how they 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 went back and they said this is why we are doing it because it is in the rule books as said. So they they defended the refs. This is the it's Tua Tagovailoa. Sam, if Tua I, no, I doesn't yeah. go through his his stint this early in the season, I don't think either of those. Flags are called. Yep. So he, here's here's uh, Reynald with the point that we were kind of going to talk about when we've kind of gone in length on this without talking about our ultimate question here. Just make it reviewable. I know you don't think so. I do think it should be reviewable. We, we don't have to go through and ask the formal question, but I think roughing the passer and penalties uh, that are subjective penalties, there are objective penalties, right? Too many men on the field, a false start, uh, different things, right? I think subjective penalties in the NFL should be reviewable. And I know that that's not good for pace of play, uh, but you need to get those right. And they're impacting games too often. Uh, I know they dealt with the whole saga with pass interference being reviewable and not being reviewable. I still think it helps the game. If you have the finite- changed it, right? They told you what the subjective review does. They, they don't want it. They look yeah. the, the history of the NFL has told you that they conformed. And let me clarify, because a couple of people called me out in the chat. I read the chat. I see the chat. And I will admit, when I said that the NFL is proactive, I think my thought process was they're proactively changing the rules. But by definition, the chat was correct and I was incorrect. They are a reactive league, not proactive. They are reactive. So they were reactive when the Rams went to the Super Bowl instead of the Saints because of that pass interference call, right? And But then they reacted and told us what they truly believed, and that was, we don't want subjective rulings to be under review. So they changed it. Yeah. After a year, too. It was quick change. Trent says that would slow down the game so much. Rooney says penalties can change the outcome of the game. That's where it comes down to for me is I know it would slow down the game. It would be tough, but for, for, I mean, just tell the new Orleans saints that that, I mean, that's, that's all I can really tell you because they were cost a trip to the super bowl by some of these subjective penalties being missed or not missed. But, but and Sam, those should be reviewable when they're that obvious because Sam, it's like driving a car off a lot. You could get in a wreck. You it, like mistakes are going to happen. Accidents are going to happen. It's human. We are human. We will make, make mistakes. Right. It, so I, it's terrible when you drive a new car off the lot and you immediately get totaled. Right. But if you drive a car for five years and you get into a fender bender, that's just an accident. And so what we saw was the terrible total when all eyes were on the NFC championship game that year. And that was just an unfortunate circumstance. I don't think that that always is going to happen. 
And so you don't have to be always reactive. And I think they showed us that by pulling back. Yeah, I don't I don't think it should be just be reviewable like a scoring play, but Jason says the team only has still only has two challenges. A blown call is like uh, you throw a ball 50 yards downfield, the guy catches it in bounds, gets his feet and they say he's incomplete. That's a blown call, right? But we're allowed to challenge that because it has a big impact on the game. It's a missed call in play. I would like to see a balance where teams still have their same number of challenges, but now that big that big call that's a penalty that changes the game for you is still able to be reviewed. We don't have to do it for everything, but if there's something that's egregious that impacts the game in a large way, I want to get that right. And if coaches are going to do within two minutes, their challenge flags inside two minutes, but inside two, that's it. I mean, some of these penalties have challenge flags go out the window inside two minutes, right? Yeah. Everything is reviewed upstairs. They like the NFL likes that control, right? They yeah. don't want to put that in the hands of a coach, right? So your your purple challenge flag that is on one call per game goes away within two minutes. That's why I think, again, you're trying to solve a problem, so I, I value that. But it's flawed because of what the rules are now. Yeah, I mean, it's just... it, And those are the most impactful based on calls no i mean it's just but though it's based on the logic of of what you said which i i do understand to it to a huge degree of like okay well (laughs) like accidents are going to happen because there is a human element to all of it and and mistakes are going to be made but when when you throw the 50 yard pass down the field and the guy catches it and they say he didn't catch it why are they not saying well mistakes are going to be made oh well that's the breaks because it's big and because you want to get it right and penalties can have just as big of an impact. So I, I want to give them an opportunity to be reviewed uh, and taken a closer look at so that everybody can just be on the same page. And if we can all look at a replay, we can all be on the same page. I think that would solve a lot of issues. All right. To wrap this conversation up, I think that it needs to go from five to 15. I think the calls, I don't think you're going to change the calls because football is protecting football. You think that there should be a possible review of the calls. What do you think will happen? Um, I don't think anything will change. I agree. And so I think we go through this. I would be surprised if something actually changed. The one thing is, Sam, I think they'll look at it. Like the yeah. NFL is good about looking at things. They don't always, they don't always change it, but I think they'll look at it because it's impact. And if it impacts it, if the same thing happens in a playoff game. Yeah. Different story. I right H- yeah. higher, higher vision uh, in that. And Valentino's, I think like a lot of fans, he wants to see the refs punish. <laughs> yeah. He's going game of Thrones <laughs> on us. Suspend them, fire them, <laughs> miss a call. Your job, you, you lose your job. All right, let's get to Ain't That Good News. I have very special good news that uh, I think everybody's going to like because I've had this good news before. Uh, We're going to have it again. Sam, I'm interested to hear your good news. But first, I do want to tell everybody at home about a great sponsor. That is Wilson County Hyundai. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Your Perfect make and model is right around the corner. That is the Hyundai Palisade. It could be the Elantra. It could be the Sonata. It could be the Ionic, which is battery-powered. Go check out their inventory at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. They've got your perfect make and model. Family-owned and operated. A quick trip down I-40, exit 236. That's wilsoncountyhyundai.com. 
And BetMGM is the king of sports books. And now is the time to get on BetMGM because they're offering a risk-free bet up to $1,000 with the promo code ATOZ Sports on the BetMGM app. Uh, I use BetMGM basically every weekend. It brings a lot of fun to football Saturdays and football Sundays. Makes watching a game super, super entertaining. So if you're looking to get involved, uh, with a sports book, BetMGM is the king of sports books, and uh, it's risk free on your first bet. So that is a easy, easy uh, deal to to get started with. No reason not to do it. Go to BetMGM and use that promo code A T O Z Sports. Don't forget, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Twenty one years or older. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualifications and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued with non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days of assurance. For problems with gambling, call the support line, the Tennessee Red Line, at 1-800-889-9789. Ain't that good news? We are here live on a Friday. We're going to end our week on Ain't That Good News. I'm going to... Uh, send you to the chat here, Sam, and I'm going to post Ain't That Good News. What is your good news for the weekend? That's what we're asking in the chat. Comment in the comment section. We want to leave on a good note into the weekend. We got big games in college football when it comes to Tennessee, Alabama. That's going to be one to watch at 2.30. The Titans are on a bye, but you also have, I think, one of the biggest NFL games to date of this season. That is Bill's Chiefs. This weekend, that'll be fun. AFC powerhouses, and some say you know the best playoff game in history last year in Kansas City with that shootout. You give Patrick Mahomes an inch, he's going to take a mile and win a football game. So I'll send you the chat. Ain't that good news? Type in your good news, and we'll read them all. Let's see. Uh, Casey, Coach Nate, going camping with the boys this weekend. Rooney is going home for a four-day weekend. Zach, his good news, is going to see Post Malone this Sunday in Nashville. Eric says he's got a getting a brand-new hot tub installed this weekend. That is good news, Eric. I'm jealous of your good news. I love hot tubs. Orlando, uh, good news. It's going to be a war in Rocky Top tomorrow, gearing up to leave tonight. Uh-oh. Hashtag roll tide. That might not make the chat too happy here. Uh, Lucky Austin's not here. He would already pick a fight with him over that one here. Jake says, uh, good news. Third Saturday in October is tomorrow. That is a fact. That is a statistical. Yeah, that, that is true. <laughs> well, that know, uh, that's a play on uh, Tennessee and Alabama play every year. The third oh, Saturday okay, in October. See, that See, went right over my head. Right, yeah, you're, you're that's you're above the Mason Dixon line, right? Yeah, Once that's you get true. Below, yeah, I don't, I don't know about all those Tennessee. Well, you Alabama learned something traditions. today, Sam. Right? Huh? You learned yeah, something learn, today. Learn something new every day. Demetrius says, "Good news, payday, and going to Bama UT watch party." Uh, good news, my back is going to the print. My book is going to the printer today. Oh, there um, you go. What else we got here? A lot of people talking. Uh, Tennessee, Alabama, as their uh, their big good news. Good news. They Johnny thinks Tennessee smashing Bama this weekend. Um, my good news is that as we speak, I'm watching a live stream of the Crew Four coming home. This is bye week for Titans, and next week uh, is the Arkansas Razorbacks bye week from Aaron. 
Yeah, that's true, Orlando. I'm from Big Ten country. I don't know. Zach, do you want your good news first or my good news first? Who, you who hit, you hit me with yours. Yeah, so this is a pretty simple one. My good news is vibes are up. Uh, like, my vibes, it's fall. I'm rocking with fall weather. I love fall and spring weather. And I got back in the gym recently. I had a little bit of an arm injury that had just kind of had me having to be lazy. I couldn't move my arm or do anything with my arm for like two weeks. And I finally got back in the gym and went, got to a new gym. And the fall weather has got me listening to my folk music. Vibes are up right now. I'm just like, I, I'm loving uh, nature and, and how I'm feeling. And yeah, just a lot of good vibes. That's my good news because I'm excited for a good vibe weekend. And that's kind of what I have in store. PVOs, positive vibes only. You got exactly. to love them. I, I feel that when you said that. With your that I I felt that that vibe come across the screen. I've got the window open, and I I just had some like uh, last night I had some folk music sitting in here just playing. I was just like, hey, how about these vibes? These vibes are unmatched. So that's good news for me because that's kind of a that that's right where I want to be. That's my happy place right there. And look, David's right there with you. He's going fly fishing in the canyon. Uh, gonna be a great weekend. Now that. Fly fishing uh, is really, really fun. Uh, I'm going to get to my good news here very shortly. And this, my good news is something that, Sam, you've never had before, but it is tasty. Uh-oh. It Uh-oh. is tasty. Uh, but I do want to tell uh, everybody about Hughes and Coleman, a great sponsor here on the show. Hughes and Coleman, if you've been injured in a car wreck, their team will fight for you just like the Titans do on Sunday. They are the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans. They can handle your insurance company and make sure you get the most money possible. They've recovered billions of dollars for their clients in Tennessee and Kentucky and will fight for every dollar that you deserve. Like I said, the official injury lawyer of the Tennessee Titans, call 1-800-800-4600 for Hughes and Coleman. All right, Sam, this is my good news. Oh, after the show, I am driving south. Well, I'm going to go west and then south to Oxford, Mississippi, because I'm going to see Ole Miss undefeated Ole Miss alum right here. Let them know. Yep. Take on Auburn. And I am bringing the juice. I'm not talking about Lane Kiffin's dog. I'm talking about the juice. This is my signature homemade apple cinnamon vodka. Day one on the left, day seven on the right. We're day eight right here. I could see it from right across the way. I make this every time I go to Oxford for the Grove. And what you do is you get some apple cider and you mix a little bit of that brown liquid on the right side. And it is literally, uh, you, it is, it, it, woo. Yeah. It is, it is unbelievable. So that's going to be a, that'll be a weekend. That looks like a week. That, that picture, you just show me that. I'm like, Hey, that looks like a weekend at Ole it's Miss not all right there. I'm, I, got, I got plenty of buddies. I'm, what I like to do is I am generous. If you're in the Grove, if you're going to be in the Grove this week, come find me. And I will pour you a a homemade apple cinnamon vodka drink. And it is 
It is very, very good. So good news right there. I get to go back to my old stomping grounds. Hopefully the, the Rebels win. Uh, that would make things a lot better. But uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Really excited. Yeah. Abs- See, that's the one thing, being in Big Ten country, that I missed out on. By the way, Orlando, I'll have you know, how about those number 24 Illinois fighting Illini? Uh, we're in that top 25. We're sniffing around up there. I'm not going to – it's ugly football, but, hey, whatever gets the job done. First time really in, like, since I've been a football fan, or at least like that Illinois has been in the top 25. So it's a fun week for me to just get to look at the little number next to their name right now, even if it is number 24. Well, hey, every, you talk about positive vibes. You got Ole Miss top 10. You got Tennessee top 10. You got Illinois top 25. Yeah, I'm I, normally this time. But, now, year, Buck, Buck he's an Indiana fan. He's got other problems, but, uh, you know. I mean, normally this time of year, I'm just sitting around kind of like waiting to get to college basketball. And I'm like, hey, just give me Illinois basketball like that. I'm and I am like chomping at the bit for that. But I'm. it's nice to be able to be like, hey, I get to watch like a fun little Illinois ranked in the top 25 football game this weekend. So I guess that's good news in itself as well. I know nobody really cares. Actually, Noah with the ILL, I and I to know out there let's go I, i'm glad to have another one out there so there you go well hey great show great week of shows sam you did a great job uh filling in as we had to, to maneuver some things this week of the titans bye week sit back and enjoy some football this you know relaxing football titans aren't playing but we got really good football on the horizon we thank everybody for watching a to z sports uh be sure to to tune in to all of our social media throughout the course of of the weekend we've got you locked and subscribe we got vols halftime and post game show with charlie burris and former vol jonathan crompton so if you're a tennessee fan you can get locked subscribe to our a to z sports youtube channel we will see you monday morning adios